0: crossroads music podcast here with me is my co-host eric eric how's it going
1: pretty good man how are you welcome everybody
0: good um yeah we're a music podcast we talk about music every single week i have moved my computer into the closet it's still loud af so if you hear it on my microphone for all the
1: censorship we're censorship now so we have to use abbreviations af
0: (laughs) uh (laughs) chasing dragonflies how's it going yes our intro is is wild (laughs)
1: hey you know what maybe next year we'll have a new intro just because we have more much more material
0: to deal with (laughs) the greatest hits a new greatest hits of all the things that we say on this thing um uh, what are we doing here? Oh, yeah. We're talking about music. Uh, we're here on Twitch.tv slash the Crossroads Music Podcast. Um, talk about music every week. And good. People can't hear my computer in the closet, even though it's super loud for me. Uh, it's, it's like R. Kelly. It's like the yeah. R. Kelly it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like the fan is just too, too loud. And I've noticed in the past few episodes where it's just like, just yeah it's just like (laughs) taking off so it's in the closet now indy 500 yeah the closet (laughs) is like a furnace though like if you if the thing's running at full capacity and then for like half an hour you open the door it's just like heat comes out of the closet it's crazy yeah (laughs) uh anyways eric what are you drinking tonight i uh well
1: Julie and I went to Victoria this weekend, and we stopped by one of my favorite brewing uh, companies, Hops Brewery, just outside of Victoria. I've talked about these guys before, so I won't spare it for you. But there's a new beer there that I didn't see in store. Um, Can you guys still hear me? Uh Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, oh, it just froze on my end. But okay. Well, now we're back. Um, so the, I've never seen this in the store before. So it's, uh, this is dedicated to the Canadian Navy. It is called the Brig and it's a blonde ale. So I'll show you the can there. It's got a little like, almost like a naval ship there, like an 18th century naval ship. So uh, I I got the pleasure to d- drink this beer on tap, which was delicious. Uh, so there is the color, if anybody uh, would like to see, and that's a different brewing company. Which uh, just ignore <laughs> the label because <laughs> I'm, I am—that's uh, that's another story. But anyways, yes. Yeah, so I am drinking the blonde ale, the Brig. Very nice. Mm. It's very refreshing. If you want, I can read this little blurb, but sure. I don't know if this will take away from the people enjoying this but uh the brig blonde ale is a lighter bodied flavorful golden ale with a subtle pilsner and straw malt taste providing a clean crisp and refreshing taste for summer or for any time this beer is dedicated to the royal canadian navy so um it is definitely very crisp so very easy drinking beer so sounds really good
0: All right, Eric, let's get into this. Uh, we usually yes. t- start this off with what we've been listening to mm. uh, this past week. So, Eric, hit me up. What mm. have you been listening to?
1: I'm actually excited. Um, other than the album that we're reviewing today, I've been cranking that. Um, I've been listening to that new Wallflowers album, which I mentioned last week. Um, I'm actually happy that they're actually like not just that one headlight song <laughs> anymore. So... <laughs> um i'm happy about that but two albums i want to talk about one which i'll kind of glance over i like john mayer i know your opinions of john mayer but he has this new album which is sob rock which i feel is just this big parody of like 80s style like ballads (laughs) music Um, okay but it's it's good like it's very bluesy like i Every time I hear the song New Light, I always just think of that joke video that he made, which I just can't get out of my head, so I can't take that song seriously. Um, but I, I think this is an album where he just kind of wanted to have fun with it, and he wanted to explore his... You, you could tell he's he's cause he's, he's uh, using the Paul Reed Smith now, the Silver Sky guitar. Uh, he's no longer sponsored by Fender.
0: Oh, the PRS, right? Uh, yeah, the PRS, Paul okay. Reed Smith.
1: Uh, so they made him his own signature that series does... called the...
0: That does look like a sick guitar, I have to say.
1: It does, but it's funny how it looks like a Fender, though. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. Um. But but you could tell he's kind of just pushing his limits, uh, especially some of the songs like uh, "Shouldn't Matter," but it does, or uh, "Wild Blue." I, I just feel like he's really exploring more of what that new guitar sound can do for him, which I which I'm digging. Um. So. Uh. But the album that I want to talk about. And I feel like you need to listen to this because <laughs> okay. it's just epic, Kim. Okay. Um, it is the Tedeschi Trucks Band. Uh, are you familiar with them? <sighs> no.
0: This sounds like a country band, and I'm not. No, a... it's not. <laughs> it's not a country band.
1: So Susan Tedeschi is a uh, blues uh, guitar player, vocalist. Um, Derek Trucks from the Allman <laughs> Brothers. Okay. Uh, they are married. So they created the, te- oh. uh, the Tedeshi Trucks Band. Okay. And uh, so they did a rendition. Uh, the album's called Layla Revisited. And it's okay. uh, live at, and most of the songs are recorded live at the Lockin Music Festival in yep. uh, Virginia. Uh, I can't, I think it's, Aunt, uh, anyways, I can't remember. It starts with an a. a. Anyways, that's the town. Arlington? They're in. No, it's not Arlington. <laughs> It's uh, Arrington, is it Arrington, Virginia?
0: Arkansas.
1: No, it's not Arkansas. That's a completely different state. (laughs) Alberta. That's in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, uh, so this band, um, they have Trey Anastasio for from Fish, and Mm. uh, they have Doyle Bramhall in the band as well. Very cool. And it's just they go through, uh, you know, Derek and the Dominos Layla album, and they cover a bunch of songs. I see and it is one big shred fest <laughs> it is it is actually I uh, like they play the song for two minutes and and they just everybody just solos <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it is fantastic um like That's you know great. that uh you know the song like Layla obviously they have that uh, big reprise at the end of the song Yes, right yep they they just like I think it ends up clocking in at 16 minutes.
0: Holy sh! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, wow, 16 yeah. minutes—that's intense.
1: Yeah, and then they have a couple live uh, footage of of them playing some of the songs, and it, it's insane. Like Jarek Trucks, he his slide guitar playing is yeah. actually just. It is so crazy. And even Trey Anastasio, I like his guitar playing because he's very like, he he hits those chordal tones. He hits um, a lot of the, like he uses a lot of the major modes and you can tell. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're just very like technically thought out. Um, But it's just epic. Like this is just one. I think every song on here, I think an average, the shortest song is five or six minutes. (laughs) So
0: (laughs) it's great. uh, mm Mm-hmm. So wait, is this like partially live or majority live album? Uh, Majority of it was
1: live and it was actually filmed at the uh, festival just before COVID hit, Mm, I guess. So they were, uh, I think they're going to release a DVD or a Blu-ray, which I really want to pick up because uh, watching the videos live is just, there's like so many people on the stage. Uh, The band just sounds so full. It, it is it's insane i would check it out cam uh e- even if you just listen to their cover of layla like mm-hmm.
0: my god it is
1: just <laughs> it is a beautiful thing
0: <laughs> i'm always down for just Matt solo so yeah i'll probably mm. check that out at some point yeah so
1: that's what i have been cranking nice. uh definitely layla revisited it is it is amazing
0: <laughs> nice um, I guess a few things for me, uh, so Trivium have uh, released a new song in the court of the dragon. So, uh, Trivium, how to describe them? They're still, I guess they're more modern thrash metal. So I think Metallica, but more of a modern take on them. Mm-hmm. So they'll take like death metal elements and stuff like that, uh, and incorporate that into it. I mean, a lot, I think a big criticism of Trivium is at the very beginning, everyone's like, this is Metallica. <laughs> this sounds exactly like Metallica. <laughs> Uh but they've sort of evolved their sound a bit more. Um so they've released a new song in the court of the dragon. It's not bad. I mean, if you like Trivium you're going to like this song, I think. Mm. Um but it's definitely not easy listening, I would say. Compared to at least their <laughs> e- their earlier stuff which is very Metallica, this is definitely like way down the line in terms of metal. Um but the other exciting news uh that was recently announced today, um Iron Maiden are going to be releasing their 17th studio album senjutsu uh it's going to be releasing on september 3rd uh it will be another double album so the previous album in 2015 Ooh. was the book of souls which was a double album this is going to be another double album i think it clocks in at like 82 minutes or something like that um and they have released a single off of it uh called the writing on the wall it's yes is it good it's Iron Maiden (laughs) like it's when I listen to it I'm like this could be any other Iron Maiden song however once it gets to the solo section where it's just ripping guitar solos it's really good like the solos on that song are just like out of this world the song (laughs) itself sounds like pretty typical Iron Maiden so Mm -hmm. if you're into if you just like Iron Maiden for being Iron Maiden then I'm sure you'll love this song. Mm-hmm. But it is worth listening to for the guitar solos. They're just like, they're just nice. nice. It's so good. <laughs> um, so I've been listening to that for for a bit. Uh, I'm excited for Senjutsu to come out. Excited to hear what that is. Because the last album, The Book of Souls, was pretty... It, I wouldn't say it was a departure for Iron Maiden. Uh, but they did have a lot of progressive elements in their music like the last song uh, the Empire of the Clouds clocks in at like 18 minutes wow to close the album it's like 18 minutes and it's like (laughs) the best song on the album Mm. so uh, excited to see where this double album goes nice yeah it's been a while yeah it has been um let's see what else is there oh uh i guess two things i've been i watched um so the first thing is on hulu uh mccartney 321 has been released uh oh, okay. so it's essentially just a i guess a conversation between paul mccartney okay. and rick rubin Okay, i was gonna say something very controversial uh, <laughs> i was can... gonna
1: say is it paul mccartney showing uh ringo
0: star how to count
1: oh jesus <laughs> count in time Uh, well
0: i wish i wish i would definitely pay money to watch that um but it's a six part mini i guess docuseries where rick rubin and paul mccartney sit at a recording console with the original masters for the beatles And then they talk about the certain parts and then they start like remixing some of the songs and focusing on certain parts. So they'll be like, oh, why did you put this uh, piccolo trumpet here? Or why did you uh, decide to uh, do this rhythm specifically in the bass? And they would just like either increase all the faders or pull all the faders down on the console and just like isolate certain parts, which is pretty cool. I thought that was like. is a pretty cool conversation to have especially like because the Beatles catalog is so interesting i would say because like mm-hmm. if you look at their very early songs it's very like teen boppy sort of songs right i want to hold your hand yeah. it's like a lot of love songs that are like like lighthearted and then you go into like sergeant peppers and it's just like just this is psychedelic <laughs> to the max it's just like craziness um mm-hmm so i've I've watched three episodes of the six. It's I think it's worth watching actually, even if you don't like the Beatles, it's just interesting how they came up with a lot of their songs or how they like arrived to to the, the the music that they made mm,
1: that would be very interesting to check out. Yeah. like I kind of wish that more bands would kinda kind of do that. you know like' you don't even have to make like a like maybe you do an episode maybe for a band yeah and just talk about their biggest songs like why did you put you know like um for instance like tiny dancer or something like
0: right yeah
1: right like how did you come up with this with you know that'd be kind of neat
0: yeah so anyways mccartney 321 uh i would recommend that the other weird one and i don't know if this is really music related but there is a Another documentary. Um, I don't know who commissioned it, but it's uh, on the CBC if you want to watch it here in Canada. Uh, it's called Tokyo Idols, and it's it explores uh, Japan's fascination with uh, girl bands. So it's like hmm. they're exploring like young female sexuality, how it plays into like Japanese society, and like the disconnect between men and women in Japanese modern society. I, I would say, it's an uncomfortable watch, <laughs> because like it really uncomfortable. Fo- how really uncomfortable in sort of like a pedophilic type of uncomfortable. <laughs> because Jesus. like it really does focus on like mm. idol culture in music in mm. Japanese culture. Uh, so it's a lot of like young, like really young girls who are like trying to trying to become like professional singers and all that. But a lot mm. of it is a lot of the way that they become famous is focusing on, like, image, right? Like, dancing around mm-hmm. on stage, looking pretty on stage. But we're talking about, like, 14-year-olds. Like, when yeah, they start, a, right? Yeah. And then you look at the audience, mm. and a lot of it is, like, 40-year-old dudes in the audience. Oh, Jesus, yeah. I. Yeah. That would be very uncomfortable. Yeah. So I would say, right? it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really... It's interesting to to watch this documentary because like it's different. It really is a different perspective because like if if that happened here, it's like people will go nuts. Yeah. Like it'd be even, shut
1: down so quickly.
0: Yeah, I know. And they like <laughs> even go into how like it's actually like a business model in Japan. Like they have hmm. it's like televised. They have like an American Idol style of like ranking system, where like hmm. they'll go into it and like. Uh, girls get ranked based on their performance on live tv and then if they rank high enough then they can form like a girl band together interesting so it's like a sort of like more acceptable like more acceptable in their society hmm. whereas like here we all like freak out if that happens
1: yeah big time yeah. big time freak out
0: um Yeah, so, like, Hmm. I guess it was, like, a music-ish documentary, but the focus wasn't really on the music itself. Yeah.
1: Jesus.
0: (laughs) Um, But, I don't know. I I thought it was was fascinating enough to watch. It was interesting enough to watch that Mm. as long as you could get over the ick factor. uh, Yeah. Which is is a pretty
1: huge ick factor, especially when you're watching it and you're like, How come everybody in the audience is in their 40s? (laughs) That's a little strange.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. They definitely address it and like they even interview like Mm -hmm. those 40 year olds, 50 year olds, and they're just like, Oh, but we we are failures in life, and we're trying to support this. We we see ourselves in that in this idol. Like, we want to support her dreams because we have failed in our life. Um, that, that's sort of like the, the rationale. We want uh-huh. to support her dreams because our lives are so like miserable.
1: So it's like when you go see like a guns and roses concert <laughs> and you take all those like old biker people that yes, are like, well, yeah. why are you dressing like that now? And you just put them to watch go young Japanese girls sing. <laughs> like, it's just,
0: uh. yeah, it's, it's very mm. like middle, middle age crisis mm. vibes. Uh, I mean, more pedophilic than than the biker mm-hmm. gangs, but yeah. Yes, no, big time. <laughs> that's that sort of same, same sort of mindset, yeah. I guess. Uh, but yeah, Tokyo see, Idols, go check it out.
1: See, that's want. the that's that's the weird thing, and and I won't touch on this too much, but I think it'd be very strange just to be like, let's say, if you were into one of those bands, like you like, you, you know, because essentially it's almost like a One Direction. Yeah. I guess when they start off, right? And then it's like, you know what? I really like their music. And then I just feel like in the audience, I just feel very uncomfortable, right? Because it's like, <laughs> okay, this is a little strange.
0: Yeah, it's weird when like a guy like Justin Bieber who's 16 and like people are just like throwing themselves at him and it's like, he's 16. Isn't that mm-hmm. weird? <laughs> yeah. Or Or
1: it's like going to a Rush concert, but Rush isn't there. right (laughs) because because predominantly it's all males right yeah
0: yeah anyways anyways uh, those are those are the two documentaries i watched over this week mccartney 321 which is like super interesting and then tokyo idols which is sort of interesting in its own way i guess yeah um anything else i don't think there was anything else i was listening to um yeah, that was about it. I didn't really have too much time other than the album that we're reviewing today. Um, I do have some m- music news for you, though, Eric. Uh, two two sad things, and then one uh, thing we might laugh at. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I'll <laughs> hit you the I'll hit you the sad stuff. So today, Robbie Steinhardt, uh, vinyl- violinist and co lead vocalist of Kansas, has died at seventy one uh, from acute pancreatitis and uh, sepsis. Uh so Ooh, he's got yeah. Of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I mean <clears throat> like he's one of the founding members of Kansas so he mm-hmm. he's like on the famous songs like Carry On My Wayward Son which I love playing. That song is just Yeah, I don't song... know. I don't like Kansas as a band, but that song mm-hmm. just destroys. <laughs> they have they have pretty good songs. Like I I
1: feel like they're just like a mediocre yeah, like, Or, or like a good pop rock band, but Carry On My Wayward Son is just like a fantastic song.
0: Yeah, I don't know how that band pulled that one off because I, yeah. I never think of Kansas as like a great band. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> anyways, Robbie Steinhardt uh passed away today at the age of 71. Uh, and the other person who passed away this last Friday, July 16, 2021, Biz Marquis. American rapper and DJ hmm. passed away. Um, so I heard about that one. Uh, I guess most famous for the song "Just a Friend," uh, which was like a huge hit for him. I think it's his only hit technically. Um, he didn't really have a lot of output in terms of music. He did have like I think five studio albums in his whole in his whole hmm. career. Um, but he definitely was one of those uh influential hip hop artists because he was there at the beginning. Like he was. He was collaborating with Big Daddy Kane in New York, like he was in like, round zero for for New York hip hop. So mm. uh, that's like a huge loss to the to the the hip hop community. Um, I believe, yeah, he he had a stroke last year, um, and then he went into like a diabetic coma or something. Uh, oh, so geez. yeah, he passed away there. Uh, but one thing I do want to note about Bismarcky, outside of his musical contributions, is. Um, He did set a precedence uh, in terms of the the law for music. Uh, So back in, I think it was the early 90s, uh, let me just check my notes. Uh, Yeah, his song Alone Again, uh, it sampled a 1972 song called Alone Again Naturally by Gilbert O'Sullivan. Uh, Gilbert O'Sullivan would succeed in a lawsuit against Biz Marquis for his unauthorized sample. Uh, So basically, Biz Marquis sampled the song, but didn't clear it beforehand. Uh, So this Mm. successful lawsuit actually set a precedence in the music industry to make sure that all samples in music were cleared beforehand. Uh, Because previous to this, people would just be sampling all the time without uh, getting authorization. So... uh, Mm. Yeah, that's his like m- major contribution to music outside of actual music. <clears throat> <laughs> um, it's crazy how like like copyright law, DMC- DMCA laws have like gone so complex at this point and so yeah. outdated. I don't know. It's like just a mess. I don't know how anyone's gonna figure this out, but eventually someone will have to figure it. Out. Oh, th- or we're gonna have the same sounding song over and over and over again <laughs> or that, that. um okay well uh i think that's it for oh right those are the two sad things that we we're supposed to talk about mm-hmm. um what's so the funny one <laughs> it's not technically a funny story but i feel like is we... it just funny because we're horrible people Yes, I I feel like it's because we're horrible people. Uh, Okay, the surviving members of Faces have come back together to record some new songs. So that is Rod Stewart, Ron Wood, and Kenny Jones. (laughs) Interesting. Really? I I don't feel like... I don't know why Rod Stewart... out of the retirement
1: home? Uh, I know. And wheeled him
0: out. Jesus. (laughs) He's not forever young anymore. (laughs) Okay. I don't know why rod stewart still has like a singing career yeah like i I, he he did have a good voice like he had a unique
1: interesting raspy voice but but like you know it goes away after a while right like it's the same thing like you're not going to go see aerosmith and it's not going to be like aerosmith when they started (laughs) yeah right
0: so Anyways, Rod Rod Stewart, Ron Wood, Kenny Jones, uh, they're all back together. They're all the surviving members of Faces. If, I mean, <clears throat> Faces, when they were out, they were probably one of the best bar bands, like, mm-hmm. in the world. Like, they would just rock bars all over town. Um, yeah. And their music was great. It's just, I think, in, by today's standards, it's like listening to a Rolling Stones record today. It's just like, do we really need to listen to this right now. <laughs> Like, did this need to yeah. be made? I don't think so. Yeah. It's not going to be. I agree with you. It's not going to be better than satisfaction. There's no way. So, what's the point?
1: I mean, it would be interesting to go to one of their shows if they do go on tour. Oh and you just see dentures being thrown
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> to the audience. <laughs> I caught Rod Stewart's dentures. Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: Uh, oh, growing up gaming it popped in for a bit. How's it going, dude? Um, what is up? I just finished your new episode today. Epic, I agree with you guys with the switch. Uh, what are we here for today in history? Okay, so uh, yeah, that's basically music news, and uh, let's move on to today in history. So at this point, what we do is uh, we go back in time on today's date and look at all the historical things that happened in regards to music. So, July 19th, 1947. Queen guitarist and astrophysicist Brian May, Brian May is born in Middlesex, England. Such a good guitar player. It's just funny that he's an astrophysicist. I don't know how know. he found the time to do this. That yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> um 1952 alan collins guitarist for leonard skinnard is born in jacksonville florida nice i like leonard skinner i know you <sighs> leonard skinner Freebird, man <sighs> yeah Freebird. Freebird. free bird actually free bird yeah. is such a good song like oh it's such like they wrote some really good songs but i think leonard skinner for me still falls in that camp of like kansas where i don't think they're a very good band But they have really good songs Mm
1: -hmm. They do They definitely do Uh,
0: 1958 The Drifters manager George Treadwell Who owns the name Fires the group And replaces them with members (laughs) of the Five Crowns Uh, When Benny King joins the group The Drifters become consistent hit makers uh, With songs There Goes My Baby This Magic Moment And Save The Last Dance For Me Hmm. Just imagine! Just imagine the manager. (laughs) The band doesn't
1: even own. Yeah, Yeah. it doesn't even own the name.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, nineteen eighty, David Bowie begins his run as the Elephant Man in Denver. Uh, the show does well, and Bowie takes the lead in the Broadway production later that year. Mm. David Bowie, such a, such a fascinating person.
1: Yeah. I would love to just, like, hang out with him just to see what he's like. But yeah, I feel before, like he'd be very strange.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, but yeah, before he passed away, like, yeah, he would. Like, he
1: would be the guy that's like, I only drink coffee from beans that were actually harvested from this village in <laughs> yeah. Peru. Yeah. And it, And if it's anywhere outside the city limits, I'm not drinking the coffee. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I feel like he's that guy. Such an interesting character, but freaking freaking genius. Mm. Uh oh, yeah. 1981, the mayor of Odessa, Texas declares today Roy Orbison Day in honor of the singer. Roy Orbison is another mm. I I think he's underrated. He personally. is underrated. Like we don't talk about Roy Orbison all that much when it comes to like no really really classic good musicians he was just such a good singer
1: it's kind of in that era though right where a lot of those musicians and i know we keep mentioning his name little richard just keep getting yeah pushed pushed into that like you know which sucks because i i feel like they're the you know they're just so soulful musicians Mm -hmm. especially roy Orbison, yeah right like, yeah, I, I dig his music. I, I'm, I'm for Roy Orbison today. <laughs> uh,
0: 1985, Joan Jett calls up uh, up-and-coming heavyweight boxer Mike Tyson before his first fight with Larry Sims, which Tyson wins handily. The superstitious Tyson insists on getting a call from Joan Jett before every fight, which he does until breaking tradition for his bout against Buster Douglas on February 11, 1990, Tyson's first loss
1: interesting
0: he won like 17 in a row and Joan Jett would call him before each round or each uh, match and he won all of them and then the one time she doesn't call him she didn't call
1: of course Wait, I wonder is- if she called him when he came back to fight <laughs> <I don't laughs> that'd be interesting eh maybe <laughs>
0: um I could
1: just see Mike Tyson like now just Because he just recently had that fight, right? Just be like, okay, I I need to train my ass off to beat this guy, and I need you to track down Joan Chet and make sure she (laughs) fucking calls me before this match.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What a strange superstition. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, everybody has them though, right? Like, yeah.
1: Like, think about all the strange like superstitions musicians have before they go on stage, right? Yeah. Or like your, your uh, brown M&M's.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. The Van Halen story. Well, that's not my story. That's the mm. Van Halen story. <laughs> uh. um, 1986, Genesis have their first and only number one Hot 100 hit as Invisible Touch Touch tops the charts. Mm-hmm. Genesis. Yay or nay, Eric? I do want to know your opinion on Genesis. Or indifferent, I guess. Isn't uh, I, I would say
1: I'm indifferent
0: mm. with yeah.
1: Genesis. Like, I, I feel like they definitely needed to happen.
0: Right. Yeah. For me, Genesis P- with Ke- Peter Gabriel on on lead vocals mm. is like, is the best thing ever. And then Genesis yep. with Phil Collins on lead vocals is just pop music. <laughs>
1: it is. It is, and that's that's where the indifference comes in, mm. right? But, you know, I, I feel like that happens to all bands. Like, you replace the front man, it's, it's not going to be the same. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. going to be the same band at all. Yeah. Right? It's like, would you think, like, okay, we're going to replace Bono from U2. <laughs> imagine
0: imagine if yeah. they replaced
1: Bono in yeah, U2. We're going to replace Bono with Phil Collins. Oh Phil Collins sakes. is going to sing for no you way. too. Like no it way. just doesn't
0: it just doesn't work, right? <laughs> so much garbage, it'd be horrible. Um 1989, after finding over $40,000 in cash and checks in his cell at the Stevenson Correctional Institute in South Carolina, officials moved James Brown to a cell with tighter security. <laughs> I don't know how he got $40,000 into his cell, but he, he somehow had 40000
1: <laughs> Well, You know the right people.
0: <laughs> uh, 1997, The Fat of the Land, which is an album by The Prodigy, becomes the first album by an electronic group to hit number one in America. I really like that album. Fat of the Land by The Prodigy, it's like, I guess the famous song is uh, "Smack My Bitch" and uh, "Firestarter" are the ones on that on that album. Never, uh, never heard of that album. So I'm sure you've heard uh, "Firestarter," the song. I probably have. It's a very like it's pl- it was played all the time, like even on the yeah. radio they would play. It. Even though it's like it's a pretty hardcore electronic song, but mm. it came out in '97. It was like such a strange. Such a strange album to go number one. Hmm. Uh, On the other side of that, 1999, Lou Bega releases his debut album, A Little Bit of Mambo. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that song. That's a horrible song. (laughs) Mambo number five is a terrible song. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. I that's a song that definitely gets stuck in your head and yeah. I just based off of what grown up gaming likes I feel like he that is like their theme song. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, that must but, have made him so much money, but Oh my Oh Lord. yeah, you make that song. It's like them, right? Yeah. It's like the Macarena or any Ricky Martins. What's that? She Bangs or whatever that song is called she, by Ricky yeah. Martin. I
1: think that was famous because of what's his name? Oh, of the Asian guy.
0: Uh, what's his yeah. name? William Hung. William Hung. <laughs> <laughs> that version's
1: amazing. Oh, man. And I love it how we sent him on tour. Like, we made him famous. <laughs>
0: oh. Chasing Dragonflies disagrees with us. It's a- Mambo that Number is a Five is a great song. song. It's, I don't
1: know. I don't know. You're you're just saying a little bit of, just before every single word, <laughs> every <laughs> single phrase.
0: <laughs> that definition, one hit wonder. FYI. why. Yeah, that is that is a definition. Yeah, that is a cookie cutter. One hit wonder. <laughs> uh, year 2000. Mm. Shell Tell Me, who produced the first Who album, My Generation, puts the Master Tapes up for auction on eBay for $500,000. It gets the attention of the band who buys them.
1: Hmm. My Generation for how much?
0: 500000 The Master Tapes.
1: 500000 In the year 2000. The 2000s. Master Tapes. I could see that. I can it? see that because that's, that's Pinnacle. That album is Pinnacle Who.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. Right? I'm because just surprised got, he put it on eBay.
1: Yeah, I would keep that and lock it up <laughs> and never look at it because I know how valuable it is. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah,
0: that's that's insane. Why didn't he keep that? <laughs> Maybe he needed the money. Half a million dollars, that's not too bad. Mm-hmm. Chasing Dragonflies would take Mambo number 5 over Cha-Cha Slide any day. Ooh, Cha-Cha Slide. That is a difficult choice. What is
1: the Cha-Cha Slide?
0: It's the one where the he's t- saying, like, step to the left, step to the right. Oh, that's, that song? Yeah. yeah that song.
1: You know what? I would have to agree with uh, Chasing Dragonflies because I feel like that's just, like, a life book on how to walk. You know? <laughs> just, like... All right. Now... <laughs> <laughs> the first instruction of how to walk, <laughs> step to left. Lo- like, like it's like when I broke my ankle, going through physio therapy It's just like, okay, I saw we got to step to the left. <laughs> that's like that's like a physio workout, right? That I that I have been going through <laughs> to heal this fucking thing. <laughs> uh, so I would have to agree with with uh, chasing dragonflies on. that Yeah,
0: I agree. Like yeah. you're comparing a pile of shit to a pile of puke. Mm-hmm. Mambo number five, yeah. <laughs> um, 2013, Pearl Jam play a sold-out show at Wrigley Field in Chicago. The first uh the first American stop uh touring behind their tenth studio album, Lightning Bolt. Seven songs in, the show is delayed by lightning because it hits the stadium and all the power goes out. Uh so but after midnight, the power comes back. The band returns to the stage and plays a full set. So they go until like three in the morning. That's that's awesome. That's
1: that's like you know what? This is just a fluke of God. I am <laughs> going to give you the show that you guys wanted. Yeah, because that sucks when they, when they're just like okay, like sorry, like I understand for that scenario, but. Like you know, you get those musicians who are like, "I've had a bad day," I'm (laughs) like,
0: "Axel Rose," I'm not,
1: yeah, I'm not playing the show. Cancel the show, and you just (laughs) get pissed off. You're like, "What the
0: fuck, (laughs) right?" (laughs) Yeah. Um, and lastly, and this is more of a cautionary tale to all of you. uh, Although it is Mm -hmm. a sad song, or sad. uh, This is like a Doctor
1: Seuss. This is the cross. the Crossroads Music pa- Podcast, Dr.
0: Seuss. Uh, <laughs> anecdote. Okay, tell, tell us it's what we're learning. 2017, performing barefoot as usual, singer-songwriter Barbara Weldens is electrocuted on stage at Gordon, <laughs> France and dies from cardiac arrest. So, for all of you who are on stage, do not perform barefoot because there are live wires on stage and you can get electrocuted. Why? Why would you... Go barefoot? Doesn't on stage? A lot of drummers I know play barefoot. That's different. I guess because you're not your walking. Drum set. You're not walking around on stage. I guess. Yeah. Who who performs barefoot on stage?
1: Well, probably some hippie band.
0: Yeah, there's got to be that's hippie like bands The
1: rubber of my <laughs> shoes are bad for the environment. <laughs> <laughs> But like I, I don't know, like you think of all the shows that we've played at, like how dingy some of those places oh, so are. Like, I I ain't putting my frickin' barefoot <laughs> on anything. Yeah. Screw that! You're gonna get like just you know warts on your feet. <laughs>
0: I feel like um, I feel like the Cure might play barefoot because like I think they put carpets down. They actually put carpets down on the stage, and I think they play barefoot on those carpets. It that's be, different. I could be wrong about that though
1: because the carpets are potentially washed, right <laughs>
0: Anyway, I can understand that but kids, yes don't perform barefoot because you'll die <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, perfect. anyways, that's it to, for for today in in music history let's move on to the opera review. Eric, let's do it. This week, we have decided to review uh, U2's greatest, best-selling album, The Joshua Tree. Yeah, this is a big one, guys. This is a big album. All right, here we go. The Joshua Tree is the fifth studio album by Irish rock band U2. Released on March 9th, 1997, it would go on to sell over 25 million copies, making it one of the best-selling albums of all time. Upon release, the album will receive universal acclaim and would also be the album that would send U2 into stadiums for the first time in their career. The album uh, is inspired by American experiences, literature, and politics. For example, Bullet the Blue Sky was written after Bono visited El Salvador during the Salvadorian Civil War and witnessed how the conflict between rebels and the US-backed government affected local civilians. In 2014, The Joshua Tree would also be selected for preservation in the U.S. National Recording Registry for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. So, Eric, The Joshua Tree by U2. Thoughts on this one?
1: I mean, so I've read the U2 biography, and I remember to the part of the book when this album was coming out. um, This was a big moment in their career where they weren't just a you know an irish rock band playing these small shows anymore just like you said like once this album came out i feel like u2's future obviously changed because this is what this is i think why they're the biggest band right now in the world right uh i mean songwriting wise and just just the whole arrangement of like you know the composition of the songs on the album are just fantastic right like the opener where the streets have no name i love that song epic tune uh and then you you get that like as simple of a guitar player as the edge is he's really good at using that delay (sighs) effect no where (laughs) the streets
0: have no name that It's a Mm -hmm. perfect intro to an album, and The Edge's use of a delay is ridiculous. It's, honestly, if you were to ask me, like, what is the best, like, guitar riff ever, I might put Where the Streets Have a Note on that list, even though it's technically not a riff. It's just him strumming, like, a chord every, every, like, five seconds, and it's just a delay. Mm -hmm. It's nuts, like, what he does with that but i mean it's just like
1: it's a perfect way of setting yourself into the album mm. right because it kind of it's it builds up and then and then it just kind of hits this point you're like okay well here's here's the start uh and then it goes right into probably one of their biggest songs ever ever made uh i still haven't found what i'm looking for like and if you haven't heard the version that they play with the choir, the church choir, mm, that yep. version is incredible, and it sends chills down your spine. But like like to follow up with a great song, like where the streets have no name, and then go into just this epic masterpiece, you're like, "Holy shit, it kind of sets the tone for the album
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then it goes or with or without you. Great another, song,
0: another great song.
1: Yeah, and then it just—I think it gets better. Like they go, kind of go into this almost like a badass part of the song, which I think this is my favorite song on this album—is "Bullet, Bullet," the blues guy. Mm. And uh, you mentioned that it's just a sick, like, just very dark, ominous, like song, right? And then especially like that guitar solo, that, like slide solo. I, you know, I'm a blues guy, so that just like just gets me all the time. But, um, like, I don't know. Then it goes to, uh, you know, running to stand still. Like, the tunes are great, but I feel like the pivotal of this album is the beginning. Yeah. Right? Which I feel like they could have put, I still haven't found what I'm looking for, closer to the bottom of half of the album.
0: Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on this one.
1: Yeah, like like all the songs I liked on the album, they're really good. I just feel like the arrangements of the song in order on the album could have been different.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think <clears throat> I definitely agree with you that side A of this album is like a masterpiece. Right? Like, the first four songs on this album, I dare anyone to find a better like, open first four songs on an album. There... Mm -hmm. I don't think there is another album that has this strong of a beginning than The Joshua Tree. Like, Where the Streets Have No Name, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, With or Without You, Then Bullet The Blue Sky. Like, how do you beat that in terms of a, a beginning of the album? Um... The rest of the album, I feel like, is sort of a, I wouldn't say a letdown, but it's, like, in comparison to the beginning Mm -hmm. of this album. It just doesn't stack up to the very Mm -hmm. beginning. So I do agree with you. I think they, like, really front-loaded this album, and then the rest of them, rest of the songs, I think, they're not as good. But I think if you dive into those songs lyrically, I think this is Bono at peak Bono like yes. every single one of these songs has his signature like vocal stylings on it but also lyrical content wise every single song just has a deep meaning to it and a personal connection to him so like mm-hmm. i think everything on this album just comes together really well i think they could have yeah i do agree they could have rearranged this album a bit better uh to space it out and give it a bit more um bit more room but I still think it's a pretty strong album especially the it, the it, first side.
1: It definitely is and uh again like like lyrically wise like like even Bono says it's probably his best work when he came and the biography was written um I think just when Vertigo came out mm. or or whatever but that that album I don't know if it's actually uh, called Vertigo, but
0: how to how to dismantle an atomic bomb. Yeah, I think is that's the, the one.
1: The um, or or it came out just after that. So, so they said that like this is their best work, or he feels. And what's insane was is before this album came out on the on the biography, what was interesting was is the band was kind of having a little bit of a crisis because Bono had something weird happening with his vocals, and they right. were like. I guess he had the, like he went to the doctors because it was like almost to the point where he couldn't sing live. Mm -hmm. Right. So then this album comes out and it's like, holy shit. (laughs) Right. Cause I feel like vocally this is his best as a, as a singer and a writer.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, yeah, like, I don't know. It's such a weird thing to like really rate this band because I think, individually, outside of Bono, individually, I don't think any of these guys are, like, extremely good musicians. Can I say that? Mm -hmm. I don't think individually they're good musicians. But collectively, they are just, like, they just groove together really well. Mm -hmm. I think they just all really work really well together. And, like, they've been together since the beginning. Like, can you think of a band that has kept intact original members since high school since yeah since the beginning it's like how long is their mm-hmm. career 35 years 40 years at this point and they're all insane. still together it's yeah. crazy
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I, again like i, I find that the lyrics on this album are probably the best now this personally isn't my favorite u2 album oh and i know a wow. lot of people
0: a lot of people are like what Joshua wait, Tree. What the, the fuck is wrong? Okay, wait, wait, wait. I need to know what your what you think u 2's better album is than the Joshua Tree.
1: Okay, so it's um All That You Can't Leave Behind.
0: Okay. Uh I could give you that. I yeah.
1: Yeah. And and a lot of people
0: disagree with me, so I wouldn't have been surprised if you did too. But Okay, so I agree with you in the sense that I enjoy that album more cuz I think like all you can't leave behind. I think "Beautiful Day" is an absolute trash song. Let's just get that. Out. I think <laughs> "Beautiful Day" is just like what the mm-hmm. hell is like. Mm-hmm. Why is Bono singing about it's a beautiful day? Like this is the most egotistical <laughs> like Bono thing you could ever do. But like the album itself just has like such nice songs from front to back like grace on that album is just like yeah it's one of those a, that's beat that's sides tune. that is just so good and then i think mm. kite on that album is U2's yeah. best song like compared that to anything in their discography i think that's their best song they've ever written yeah and those are all b-sides technically so mm-hmm. like fleshed out wise th- that that album is great but lyrically I think Joshua Tree takes it. I think this is just yes. peak Bono singing slash songwriting, and yes. it just and ha- isn't paralleled in terms of. And I would agree with
1: you. In in terms of songwriting, lyrics, e- even as it's just a band of what they've like, I, I don't know. I, obviously, this al- album is more of a message. I found mm-hmm. with yep. Bono's songwriting, which you can tell, especially if you listen to their other stuff. But this yeah this uh, this album is lyrically probably their best work
0: yeah um let's see anything else on this album no here eric let's I don't just know, go like
1: yeah like i i just want to talk about bullet the blue sky because i i think it's <laughs> sick like 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 you have him singing the song and then he does that kind of bridge where he's just talking Oh so it's good. It's like, oh, this is America, right? And then it yeah. then it's like one dollar, two. It's like almost like paying that government off yeah. kind of thing for that that, you know. Um, so I yeah, this that song is just sick. You just gotta listen to it. It's just badass. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: But uh, okay, Eric, final rating slots. What do you want to give it? I'm gonna have to give this album a nine out of ten. Yeah, I'm I'm right nine there with ten. you. Nine out of ten. I'm mm-hmm. I, I think like, this is U2's best album, but yeah, I'm giving it a nine out of ten also.
1: Yeah, like I again, like I think it would be a perfect score. Like all the songs are good on this album, but I feel like if it was just arranged, just like just keep all the same songs on the album, but just change them to flow better, like this would be a perfect album
0: for me. Yeah, yeah. It's the it's the arrangements of songs. That it's just too front heavy. Mm-hmm. It's just like Which hit- isn't a
1: bad thing. It's not a bad thing, but it's a little thing that
0: we yeah. people like us in,
1: you know, would like to see.
0: Yeah, like from an album perspective, you you lose you lose people's attention as this album goes along. Mm-hmm. That's the problem with this album. But the individual songs, like such like such good lyrical meanings or lyrical stories are intertwined in all of these songs and just yeah, instrumentation wise, everyone's on point on this. And Yeah. That's why it's a, yeah. Nine out of 10, just because the album itself, I think just track listing wise needs to be rearranged. Yes. Chasing dragonflies thought that we weren't, we don't like you too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked you too. um, I I know I've mentioned before that Ireland hates U2. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: the
1: country hates U2. Yeah, that's but... a little bit <laughs> of
0: self-hating, though. Mm-hmm. Hating, like, something that's become popular and not your own. U2, um, for me, is an interesting band because I think some of the stuff they have, that they've written is just, like, masterpiece level, like especially this album. But I don't know. I'm not super crazy about U2 as a band. I like best songs ever. I think kite by U2 is on my list easily. Mm -hmm. Um, But U2, the band, mm, I don't know. It's, I think U2 for me is a lot more misses than hits for me. See,
1: I like a lot of their like mid stuff, like mysterious ways. But do that's you like that song. But
0: do you like that album? It's off of Zoo, I think. I think.
1: Zoo, you know what's funny? Like for hardcore YouTube no, Octang Baby,
0: Octang Baby, sorry. Yeah, uh, for ha-
1: hardcore fans, Zoo is actually their favorite album. But yes, yeah, I think like, it was off Octang ba- Baby. But like, I-, I feel like they make really good hits.
0: Yes, right? Like, no, uh, mm. they see, make I know very good hits. With, but mm-hmm. they have such nice B sides, every blue moon, that yeah, they, it's just like, do. why can't you just do that for every album? Just make your B sides like half decent.
1: <laughs> like one of my favorite B sides album is actually Electrical Storm, which I feel like is off zoo. Mm. I think that's off. That's zoo. a yeah. that's a cool song, but but like even like I I love their like I loved Vertigo when it came out, and I actually don't mind that album. How to mantle or dismantle an atomic bomb um even their album after uh no line, no line on the, line on the horizon. horizon yeah yeah. like uh get on your boots i thought that song was awesome like, yeah it's just like i'm a, not crazy about that song oh i i love that song See, <laughs> but but then they made that song for like um for the euro cup this year and i it's like okay it's it's one of those stadium songs it's like that stupid wave your flag song
0: but a wave your flag. you know that song <laughs> yeah i know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah for the world cup yeah um so. yeah no line on the horizon the only song i like on that album is um the the crazy song um
1: oh that song's we'll
0: go... good no no, no that's what the only you... song that's the only song i like on that album oh the only song okay yeah. if i don't go crazy tonight or i forget the title of it but it's i know which one you're talking yeah, about yeah,
1: yeah. um Oh man, there's so many good songs on but, that album, though. But, but like, when stand-up yeah, comedian,
0: eh, I could pass. Like honestly, when I pick up a YouTube album, I'm always expecting to be disappointed. I'd be like, I will like one or two <laughs> songs on this album, and then that's it. The rest of this album, I'm not gonna care about. So when I'm I listen to the Josh, a... <laughs> when I listen to the Joshua Tree, or I listen to um, all the things that you can't leave behind, I'm like pleasantly surprised because I'm like, wow, this album is like. Great from front to back. Um, mm-hmm. but for the most part, like I can't like even Unforgettable Fire, I'm just like, what the hell's on this album? Fourth of <laughs> July is probably the one song yeah. that I like on that album. What about
1: Sunday Bloody Sunday? That's that on, on War. No,
0: yeah, like on. War. War yeah. only has Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Um I will they have follow. Gloria on song. <laughs> yeah. Gloria <laughs> 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 he sings in Gaelic. <laughs> <laughs> so like it's it's funny. I'm I'm sitting here and being like, yeah, I don't really care about U two, and yet we're like listing off like all the songs, all on these songs every album that, like. that they've ever done. So yeah. like this this so, is why I make the argument that U two is of the last thirty forty years. U two is the biggest band because like when they release an album, mm-hmm. y- you can't ignore it. It always yeah, goes is, number one. Can't uh, ignore I it. think on every album, there's
1: a hit that everybody would like. Yeah, I do agree. Or with there's that. a song that everybody would like. Like uh the biography is really interesting because again like it's kind of unique listening to the story of these guys together as you know right from high school to where they are now which is kind of sweet because it's they, they've gone through so much together right um but i do feel like you two is definitely one of those albums that got better the more they played
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. They were right. garbage when their first album, Boy, came out. Like, that album was mm-hmm. trash. <laughs> it was garbage. Exactly. Um, Chasing Dragon. You can't ignore them because they forced their <laughs> songs into your iTunes without consent. I think I can't... that's
1: one of the reasons why, why Where that guy, I, I told you guys before, like, I went to um, rock and roll history uh, museum uh, in Ireland with Julia, and the guy said hated you too he's like you too is a disgrace to this country and i think that's one of the points that he said was they,
0: I, they tried to shove it into our stupid ipods i still don't know why that's like why are people so angry about that it's free hit delete if you don't want to listen to it and then when
1: you then you'll be one of those people bandwagoners who are you talk to a bunch of people and say, oh, it's a great album. You should download it. And then they have to pay for it, suckers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is free. I don't understand mm-hmm. what's wrong with that. Anyways, uh, we've basically done a whole recap of U2's career at this point, Yeah. <laughs> even though we're supposed to focus on the Joshua Tree. Uh, but yes. yes, 9 out of 10 for the both of us. It mm-hmm. is a great album. All the songs are anywhere from masterpiece to really good. Uh, it's just the arrangement of the album that needs work.
1: Yeah, check it out. I definitely recommend this like highly. Like just in I would say if you don't listen to music at all <laughs> and you're just a hermit, you, this is like a an album that I would introduce somebody like you need to listen oh, yeah. to this album. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay, anyways, that is our review of uh, The Joshua Tree by U2. Uh, for those of you who are following along with us every single week uh, the album that we are going to be listening to and reviewing is I feel like this
1: is a funny one
0: <laughs> is the debut album by lady gaga the fame <laughs> I bet you weren't expecting that one <laughs> um so this will be interesting because uh yeah I have my own opinions but I'll I'll save it for next week i don't think
1: like i've i'm pretty sure i've heard the singles on this album but i i do not think that i've listened like who am i kidding i've never listened (laughs) to this album front to back (laughs)
0: yeah i've never listened to this either but we it would be surprising if people didn't know like the singles off this album yeah uh, okay, Eric. Because we- I feel like... Uh,
1: sorry, I got to go back to that. Because I feel like they shove the stupid <laughs> singles down your throat everywhere you go. So take that iTunes thing. The, at least that was just on iPods. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah. All right, here we go. Eric, mm. our mixtape battle. So at this point, uh, what we did last week is we took a random speech generator. It produced three random topics I chose one topic, and Eric was forced to make a three-song ultimate mixtape based on that topic. And what I chose last week was the topic MySpace. So, Eric, what are your three songs that you uh, chose for your mixtape? Welcome for all the
1: new newer generation viewers listening. They probably don't even know what a MySpace is.
0: <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> um, so, MySpace was, I guess. I guess it was like a start of, um, almost like a social media kind of thing. Yeah. Right. And yeah, this media. is this is when people instead of talking on like, like, uh, like I, I don't even know what people talk on. Like we use WhatsApp, but uh, you know we used to use Hotmail back in the day. If people <laughs> know what that that is, <laughs> MSN, there you go. MSN Hotmail. Um. So, uh it was it was almost like something similar to that. So a lot of people would make like a profile, but I feel like a lot of bands starting off like indie bands kind of mm-hmm. it, it was more for like stuff like that, self promotion. Uh, yeah, for self promotion and stuff. Like not a lot of people was just like, "Hey guys, like look at me." <laughs> like nobody really gave it gave a shit. It was more so about like indie bands and i know there is a bunch of bands that became famous off these surprisingly a lot of emo punk <laughs> and metal bands <laughs> which is interesting um but needless to say my space uh for number one i have chosen the band ghost uh
0: i'm interested to see why you chose ghosts but let's, so, let's go uh, for it let's go for it
1: I chose Ghost because uh, I actually recently saw them. Um, this is before the pandemic started. The summer before, calm before the storm. And uh, I was surprised on how he he just like, like he already has a new tour and new like persona planned. Yep. So if, those of you who don't know Ghost, I I know a lot of people hate like especially metal fans, they hate <laughs> when they call Ghost a metal because it's not really metal. I would say it's like...
0: Metal it's like adjacent. Iron,
1: yeah, I would say it's like an Iron Maiden kind of... Or no. Um, yeah, maybe Iron Maiden, like Black Sabbath style of metal. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's more of like a classic rock.
0: Classic rock, yes. Yeah,
1: yeah but uh, n- needless to say, Ghost, uh, I think he's from Norway or like... He's Not, from a Scandinavian country or something. I think it's Norway.
0: He? I'm pretty sure it's Norway. Norway, yeah, yeah. So
1: he he has this persona where he's like a uh, like a priest, and uh, he cha- what's neat is is every tour he changes, right? So it's almost like this story, which I find kind of cool. Um, but for this mixtape, the song that I chose was their first single, so I tried to stay true to that MySpace like starting off mm. from MySpace. So their single Ritual. Uh which is a big song, you'd probably recognize it if you if you've heard it, but uh that's why I chose ghost because I, think... I still feel like they're still going,
0: yeah, from... I didn't realize ghost started on myspace, I guess they're old enough to be in that in that group um yeah I just- i honestly, I've never had an interest in ghost I know um mm-hmm. James Hetfield and metallica loves ghosts like he's always in the audience watching this band for whatever reason um but I've just never bothered listening to them. So one day, one day I will listen to them, but
1: I've listened to them before, but again, like I wouldn't consider them metal, um, even though people classify them as metal, which I know pisses a lot of people off. Uh, but their shows are actually fantastic to watch. Uh, I've only been to one, but even seeing them live, like it's, it's like, it's like a show. It is like you get your money's worth a hundred percent. And, Just the costumes and just everything, like like when we went, it was a guy like dressed up as what he is now, and that's when he kind of first started. That was his persona. But uh, it was this like priest or bishop just wailing on this saxophone solo, which was just like insane to watch, right? (laughs) But um, but yeah, so that's why I chose Ghost uh, to start off the album Ritual. It's a it's a good classic rock song, but the second one, which I feel like it's the bigger one out of the three I know some people might compare the last one but the next one would be Panic at the Disco uh, which is off their first album the single I write sins not tragedies
0: I honestly I honestly thought this was Fall Out Boy when I saw this picture I legit (laughs) thought it was Fall Out Boy and then you said Panic at the Disco just now and I had to look closer and be like wait that's not Fall (laughs) Out Boy mm-hmm
1: So, uh, I chose, I chose this, uh, because again, this band became famous on, um, I mean, I'm not a fan of Panic at the Disco, but it's in that kind of, yeah, it's in that era though, of like that punk, like emo punk, if you will. Right. So, um, so yes, Panic at the Disco, uh, it's actually not a bad song. Like I, I could see myself in high school listening to this for sure.
0: It's so funny because like on YouTube, there's always comparisons between uh, the lead singer of this band and Freddie Mercury because he does a cover of Bohemian Rhapsody live and they're always Mm. comparing the two because his vocal range is actually pretty good. Like he's a really good singer, obviously not as good as Freddie, but like it's to the point that people are like, oh, we can actually do a comparison between these two, which is pretty cool. Interesting. That's pretty Uh, neat. Ben is uh, Ben's here. He's coming in late. How's it going, What's Ben? Up, Ben. Welcome to the podcast. Chasing Dragonflies. Um, so- definitely heard that song on MySpace. Yeah, like a lot of these <laughs> emo bands were MySpace bands.
1: Which is funny because I was uh, like, bands that made it famous on MySpace, and it was all like emo punk bands, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, so I tried to pick the the more famous ones. Um, but, uh, the last one, which I feel is pretty big, especially in the UK, they're huge, uh, is the Arctic Monkeys. Uh, I yes. bet you look good on the dance floor. Uh, so that was like their song that made them big, even though I cannot stand that album. <laughs> <laughs> I I've listened to it. Um, I feel like their, uh, AM FM album is probably their best, which is one of their recenter ones. Uh, that is definitely their best work. But uh, this band also became famous on MySpace. So all these songs that I picked were all from their very first albums and were the single on the album. So just to pay homage to that, that was like the three songs, the little box that you had under the profile picture that you would have to log on to listen to (laughs) if you really liked the band.
0: Actually, I really like this mixtape. I mean, I know... I know two of the three songs. I really, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go listen to Ghost at some point. But
1: so, the, I will say that one of the ones I was contemplating on changing was Ghost, and I was gonna put Bullet for My Valentine. <laughs> remember <laughs> that band?
0: Yeah, I remember that band. I think they're still around, no? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they are. Um, but. But this is very good. I like it. I like it mm. a lot. Uh, chasing Dragonflies loves arctic monkeys i am yes different
1: i felt like when they first started it was in like i don't know i couldn't dig it but as they progressed they're one of those bands again not as big as you two obviously but they got better with time mm. i do love the arctic monkeys for
0: sure all right very good eric that was your uh mixtape for mm-hmm. this week so uh yet again we have this random speech generator it will generate three topics uh eric will choose one of them and i will make a three song mixtape for next week Let's so do this. here we go beep, 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 beep. longest ski run in the u.s <laughs> credit card <laughs> industry and free market <laughs>
1: interesting um,
0: the three topics okay
1: definitely not the first one <laughs> longest
0: ski run in the u.s i don't even unless, know what that is
1: unless there's some like norwegian like because they're norwegians like the same or to no, ski
0: it has to be in the u.s longest ski yeah, run in the
1: u.s they, they probably you know most ski towns have a very high population of scandinavians
0: uh I see, they, I see when
1: they started but but yeah like they'd probably be some like the Norwegian skiing song.
0: <laughs>
1: These are terrible topics. Uh yeah, they definitely are.
0: <laughs> Jackson Hole ski resort in Wyoming. Is that like an actual fact? <laughs> I don't I don't know. Wyoming would remember. be the place.
1: <laughs> uh then there's credit card industry and free market. I feel like credit card industry you might have success with but i'm gonna have to choose free market
0: you want to go free market yeah oh my lord okay uh, no
1: you know uh yeah yeah free market i'm gonna <laughs> do free market
0: Free market. i don't even know what i'm gonna do with free market
1: i feel like there's some political
0: songs you can make yeah i could go the political angle but i wonder if there's something else i could do okay i'll have to think about it like you know like american woman
1: american woman <laughs>
0: get away from me you know i'm going to i'm gonna have to figure this out um chasing dragonflies says yeah that's what google says for jackson hole ski resort in wyoming mm-hmm. okay all right so my topic for next week will be free market i have to make a three song mixtape with that topic so we will see what happens with that uh, and then yet again, Eric. This week we had we have said nothing controversial whatsoever. I feel like
1: we have. I feel I like we're desensitizing our audience.
0: We <laughs> laughed at someone dying from electrocution. Uh,
1: uh, I I said that Paul McCartney's new documentary was teaching Ringo how to count <laughs> <laughs> musically. <laughs>
0: There's a few things, but you know mm. we didn't say anything controversial, so we're all no. we're all good. <laughs> uh, and uh, the quote of the week presented by Anthony Kiedis: "Some claim to have the fortitude too shrewd to blow the interlude, sustaining pain to set a mood, step out to be renewed. I'll move you like a baritone, Jungle Brothers on the microphone, getting over with an undertone. It's time to turn to stone." Oh, I that know this
1: song. Nonsense. I know this song because of the because of baritone in it. Um, <laughs> this is off of Stadium Arcadium, isn't it?
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, this is nonsense lyrics.
1: Uh... Oh, it's off their f- it's off their first CD <laughs> of the album. Uh Okay, hang on. Read it again because I can't read it. It's it's too uh, blurry. Some
0: claim to have the fortitude, too sure to blow the interlude, sustaining pain to set a mood, step out to be renewed. I'll move you like a baritone. Jungle Brothers on the microphone, getting over with an undertone. It's time to turn to stone.
1: Is it hump the bump?
0: No, (laughs) no, it's not. Okay, it definitely sounds like it'd be off hump the bump, but it's not hump
1: the bump. bump Another garbage song. I don't understand. (laughs) That's a great
0: song. What is wrong with you? I don't understand. Who would write a song
1: like this? Okay, I'm I'm bringing up Stadium Arcadium here. Um, Maybe you'd like a baritone. Ah!
0: Uh... I think that's how the song goes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure what the lyrical uh, meter there. Oh
1: man! I
0: think. To be honest, I don't listen enough to the Chili Peppers to know exactly how this song goes.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, damn it. What is it? Oh, come on. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely
0: need to change this at some point. I'm running out of songs.
1: So, But it's off Stadium Arcadium, right? Correct. Is it Charlie? No. <laughs> No, it's not. It can't be Charlie. No. Oh,
0: what? what the it's there's a it? music video for this.
1: Baby, is it? uh
0: fuck. Oh. I'm surprised. It's. I'm surprised
1: listening. I'm not getting it. Yeah, it's. Uh, is it? Tell me, baby. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> Damn.
1: Ah, uh, I. That doesn't count. <laughs> I don't think I got. Yeah, I should have got that because that's definitely one of my favorite albums by them.
0: That's like, but. Yeah. Anyways, these lyrics are yep. madness. I don't understand anything that he, this man says.
1: Yeah, they're quite, uh, uh, quite a metaphorical puzzle.
0: No, it's just them high. It's just literally them high. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I bet you, it's like, what did that song? What was that song about? In an interview? Oh, that was about doing my laundry. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, so Julius says a Oh.
1: A for effort yeah uh, no, I know I feel like I need to go give myself 10 lashings after that one I should have got that one
0: <laughs> uh, alright cool so that is our show for the week this was the Crossroads Music Podcast we are live streaming here on twitch.tv slash the Crossroads Music Podcast uh, if you are not here on the live stream you're probably listening to this on uh, Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you get your podcast on uh, we are actually there uh, but do join us on the live stream every Monday at uh, 10 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. PST. Um, yes. Come interact with us. You can also join the Discord uh, and talk with us there and tell us how U2 is not that great of a band. Exactly. <laughs> and we'll
1: we'll tell you their whole career like we did on this episode
0: yeah we were <laughs> supposed to stay in our lane just about joshua tree but we went from boy all the way to like yeah i think we went all the way to songs of innocence to the is... to
1: the new single that they came out with for the euro cup but <laughs> that's what happens when the audience talks to us and engages with us which yeah. we like so
0: yeah. uh all right mm-hmm. cool anyways that was the show thanks everyone for joining in uh we will see you all next week Good peace week. Oh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm.